Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. A boy asked his father, Dad, are bugs good to eat? That's disgusting. Don't talk about things like that over dinner, the dad replies. After dinner, the father asks, Now, son, what did you want to ask me? Oh, nothing, the boy says. There was a bug in your soup, but now it's gone. Maya Angelou once said, I have learned that people will forget what you said, People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. We have the ability to radically change someone's life for the good by making them feel good, either by a kind act or word. In this day and age, it seems that we can be addicted to stuff, meaning smartphones, money, shoes, cars, Facebook likes, etc., All of this stuff disconnects us from the people around us. The stuff is nullifying the feelings inside of us. We think that everything in life is about us, and it's just not. Laughing with your friend is more important than buying a better car than your friend so you can impress them. Saying something pleasant to a stranger is more beneficial than buying a new pair of shoes for yourself. We should be focused on the simple acts of making a person smile everywhere we go. Simple acts, like letting a person merge when you're in bumper-to-bumper traffic. If you don't let someone in when you're driving, they may get upset. And when they're upset, they may transfer that emotion on to their friends, co-workers, or spouse. So just let the person in. The world will be a better place for it. How about truly listening to someone when they're speaking with you instead of sending a text message to another person? As human beings, we interpret life through a series of filters in our mind. For example, this person is successful, that person is not. I belong to this religion, they belong to that. I believe in this, and they don't believe in that. If a person does not believe in this, there's something wrong with them. People start wars over their beliefs. Sometimes belief filters cause people not to do compassionate acts. To give you one example, climbing Mount Everest is seen as one of the greatest acts a human being can accomplish over nature. To some people, conquering Mount Everest is the ultimate accomplishment. Not long ago, in 2006, a man named David Sharp was stuck on top of Mount Everest, dying. While he was dying, an estimated 40 people walked by him without helping to get him down the mountain. You might ask, what would stop them from helping this dying man? Well, there are a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is that people pay tens of thousands of dollars to climb Mount Everest. And if they had to stop to help the person, they might not have made it to the top of the mountain themselves. Another reason, some say, is that 
he may have been too close to death to help. Even if he was close to dying, why didn't someone stay with him to help make sure? I know it was extraordinarily dangerous at the time, but someone could have at least attempted to take him down. Maybe he could have recovered. We will never know. At the very least, someone could have stopped just to be with him. One thing I think we can all agree on is that no matter if a person is an atheist, a Christian, a Buddhist, a Muslim, or has any type of spiritual belief, it's that no one wants to suffer. Stuff and non-compassionate beliefs interfere with our ability to recognize and empathize with others' suffering. This world does not need more stuff. We need people to be more awake, not only to themselves, but to the people around them. We need to recognize that everyone suffers and that some people may need some help. As the poet Rumi said, be a lamp or a lifeboat or a ladder. In other words, reach out to someone, make them smile or laugh, or help them out with something. When we come back, we'll have two great examples of how simple acts of kindness can change the world. But first, here is today's trivia question. Are you ready for it? Here we go. Where is the smallest bone in the human body? Stay tuned for the answer when we come back. Welcome back. Did you know the answer to today's trivia question? The question was, where is the smallest bone in the human body? If you are listening to this podcast, you are using that bone because the smallest human bone in the human body is in the ear. There is a story told many years ago of an elementary school teacher. Her name was Mrs. Thompson, and she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school. She told the children a lie. Like most teachers, she looked at her students and said that she loved them all the same. But that was impossible, because there in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed he didn't play well with the other children, that his clothes were messy, and that he was constantly in need of a bath and Teddy could be very unpleasant. It got to the point where Mrs. Thompson would actually take delight in marking his papers with a broad red pen, marking bold X's, and then putting a big fat F on top of his papers. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's past records, and she put Teddy's off until last. However, when she reviewed his file, she was in for a surprise. Teddy's first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is such a joy 
to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well-liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness and life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote this, His mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest and his home life will soon affect him if steps aren't taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends, and sometimes he sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized that the problem was there and that she was ashamed of herself. She felt even worse when her students brought her Christmas presents wrapped in beautiful ribbons and bright paper, except for Teddy's. His present was clumsily wrapped in the heavy brown paper that he got from the grocery bag. Mrs. Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle that was one quarter full of old perfume. She stifled the children's laughter when she exclaimed how pretty the bracelet was she put it on, and she dabbed some of the perfume on her wrist. Teddy's daughter stayed after school just long enough to say, Mrs. Thompson, today you smelled just like my mom used to. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she quit teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Instead, she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy. As she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. By the end of the year, Teddy had become one of the smartest children in the class, and despite her lie that she would love all the children just the same, Teddy became one of her teacher's pets. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy, telling her that she was still the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Six years went by from there, and she got another note from Teddy. He then wrote that he had finished high school third in his class, and that she was still the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Four years after that, she got another letter, saying that while things had been tough at times, he had stayed in school, he had stuck with it, and he would soon graduate from college with the highest of honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson that she was still the best and favorite teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Then four more years passed, and yet another letter came. This time he explained that he had gotten his bachelor's degree. He decided to go a little farther, the letter explained that she was still the best and favorite teacher he had ever had. By now, his name was a little longer. The letter was signed, Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. The story does not end there. You see, there was yet another letter that spring. Teddy said that he had met this girl and was going to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple of years ago, 
and he was wondering if Mrs. Thompson might agree to sit in the place at the wedding that was usually reserved for the mother of the groom. Of course, Mrs. Thompson did, and guess what? She wore that bracelet, the one with the several rhinestones missing, and she made sure that she was wearing the perfume that Teddy remembered his mother wearing on their last Christmas together. They hugged each other, and Dr. Stoddard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear, Thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you for making me feel important and showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson, with tears in her eyes, whispered back. She said, Teddy, you have it all wrong. You are the one who taught me that I could make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. A young girl was walking along a beach upon which hundreds of starfish had been washed up during a terrible storm. When she came up to each starfish, she would pick it up and throw it back into the ocean. People watched her in amusement. She had been doing this for some time when a man approached her and said, Little girl, why are you doing this? Look at this beach. There are hundreds of starfish out here. You can't save all these starfish. You can't begin to make a difference. The little girl seemed crushed, suddenly deflated. But after a few moments, she bent down, picked up another starfish, and hurled it as far as she could into the ocean. Then she looked up at the man and replied, Well, I made a difference to that one. The old man looked at the girl inquisitively and thought about what she had said and done. Inspired, he joined the little girl in throwing starfish back into the sea. Soon, others joined, and all the starfish were saved. It doesn't take much to help change the world for the better. One compassionate experience that you can deliver today can create emotional buffers for a person that can last a lifetime. One thing you can say today to a person could help them get through the suffering that they will experience years from now. You can help make a stranger feel good today. You can say or do something today to a person that can last a lifetime. Find those opportunities. One small act of kindness can change the world. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year.